What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Boys Podcast, episode 11. And uh, someone want to ring the bells? We have all four of us two weeks in a row. This is, this is, this is crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things. A lot of us are just kind of winging this week, and we are getting closer to the NFL season. And I think in two weeks' time, which should be around episode 15, we will bring you our week one previews, which is probably going to be close to a two-hour podcast. So prepare yourselves for that. Uh, we're going to start off with the ridiculous craziness, off-the-walls insanity that is the sport of college football. Um, I'm kind of going to give you all the floor here because you all know my thoughts. Thoughts first on the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling their seasons. Y'all go ahead. Well, I can go first if you want. Well, for me, like, with those West Coast teams, it seems to be the trend that, like, especially the schools – those are the type of schools that have the tightest regulations and stuff, and those are the schools that have, like, the highest amount of, like, online-only colleges and whatnot. So, like, I kind of understand that, but I think it just sucks for them because I think that you'll actually see some players starting to possibly transfer for a year, maybe coming back or just staying in the team they transfer to if these teams end up playing, like, the SEC and the ACC. But I think it's going to play out. But because – I do agree in some parts. I forgot, uh, was it Trevor Lawrence who pointed this out, but basically the fact that, like, if these athletes, like, go home, a lot of them go back to really crappy situations, Uh a lot worse than what they are in if they go to a college football facility where they have access to food, training, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, but anything, anything you need, you're provided, especially the big-time Division One program. So, like, for these teams to cancel completely – do to stuff like that. I, I mean, I think they're really just looking at the whole broad aspect of what the risk and reward. They're not thinking about the minority, not necessarily minorities of people, but just like the minority as a like statistic. And the fact that like there's some people that don't have very good home lives to go back to yet, they're probably gonna have to be sent home or transfer, which I think can be a good resort for these guys. I think you'll see a lot of these big time players and those teams that cancel they'll transfer. But that's really all I have to say about those two conferences. Uh, uh... My, my, sorry, Delby, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think the those two were the ones, especially the Pac-12. Um, I didn't really think the Big Ten, but would cancel first, at least I thought. Um, and I knew it was going to be harder for the SEC and the ACC to cancel because most of those schools are in the southern part of the United States. Um, and... Uh, to cancel football is it's just yeah it doesn't happen so i don't think it's i think they're gonna go through with it and play um which i'm excited for um but i don't know i think i mean it's someone's gonna get covid i mean it just it's happened really if, if you're not in a bubble or anything it's most likely going to happen but i don't know i mean if they can do everything right and keep to protect the players to the best of their ability that they can um and the players just aren't stupid um i mean i think it could be a successful football season i mean there's not gonna be all those teams but um we get something out of it and then possibly something in the spring too with the other conferences so um that's just what i think about it yeah i, I agree with your points both of your points the only question that i raised would be how do you determine a national champion this year if half of the country plays in one season and the other half of the country plays in the spring? Do you have two national champions? 
And then they play each other at a later date. Yeah, they end up playing in like two. <laughs> but, see, but see, here's the problem. It, it, say you do that. You have the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC national champion. And then you just do straight up Pac-12 versus Big 10. Which, if that's the case, Ohio State will run away with the national championship if it's just those two. Um, like, if you, to Buddha's point, you play a game in June. But here's the issue. The draft is in April or May. Yep. Training camp is in July for college and the NFL, for both of them. So I just think that's something. Honestly, I, th- I take the Carl's point. I think you got to crown two national champions and have it a date, and you may be able to play each other for the undisputed national champion at a later date. It's just a, sh- excuse me. It's just a crap show. Uh, as far as the Pac-12 is, I I expected theirs. Big Ten was kind of a shock, but the Pac-12, you got multiple teams in the state of California, which is a hot spot. Um, the big thing that gets me, Biggie, is like, of course, no one knows like what's going to happen. Like, but they had a while to like kind of prepare for this, and I don't think they did a good job. Of oh, no preparing. one's done a good job preparing for this. <laughs> oh, they, they absolutely did. It's because they're just playing the waiting game. They're just waiting for the next protocol to be announced. They're waiting yeah. for the next mandate to be put out. Like, and, yeah, that's what everyone's doing. They shift every day here. At, I mean, at some point in time, these schools... I told Ian earlier when we were talking about it, if these schools cancel fall in the fall, there's a very good chance that they just won't play this season, that they won't play in the spring either. Because you're going to ask these athletes to play... 22 full contact football games in 12 months. It's just not smart injury wise yeah. or health wise. Dangerous COVID is. Yeah. Um, as far as the other three conferences, the ones that will be playing in the fall, the uh, it's the Big 12 who announced their schedule and their dates today. Oklahoma, Texas is in week three. Um, which Oklahoma. is which to me, I knew that was coming. Which, which to me is, and then you got the SEC, which I'm I'm convinced if the SEC was the only conference playing football, they'd still be playing. Um, oh, and then you got the ACC. So to me, you're gonna have two teams from one conference. To me, it's the winner of the ACC, <clears throat> Clemson, um, the winner of the Big Twelve, which will more than likely be Oklahoma, and. Then the winner of the SEC, which is more than likely going to be Bama, and then I guess whoever Bama beats in the SEC title game, just depending on record. So, like, Georgia, maybe Florida? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Florida was where I was leaning when I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. But... Florida, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. The only team in the Big 12 that I can see giving Oklahoma a run is Texas. I yeah, just... that Week 3 game is going to determine a lot about yeah. the Big 12. Yeah. I, I I just TCU's not there. You got and then you. A lot of people said Baylor because they were so good last year, but Baylor lost their defensive. They Baylor lost a lot. They lost their head coach. Uh, they lost a lot of starters on defense. And Oklahoma is. I don't know what to think of Spencer Rattler yet, but he's gonna be garbage. But but it's Lincoln Riley, so who's an offensive genius. Um. And as long as they can put up points, they don't got to worry about their defense. But defense, <laughs> Big Twelve. <laughs> Big Twelve. They don't play. They don't do um, defense. 
Yeah, as far as the SEC, you're going to have the usual contenders. LSU will be up there, but they won't have another season. They lost too much. LSU, Bama, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, pretty much that group are usually the contenders. Um, but I think Alabama's going to reload with talent. They always do. Uh, and then it, it's to me, it's the winner of the Florida-Georgia game, which is always a big one down in Jacksonville. Um but yeah, I I just don't think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten play, which might work out to benefit those teams, due to recruiting wise, because they can go into more a lot more recruiting, and obviously Oregon and Ohio State are like the creams of the crop in recruiting out in those two conferences, but it's definitely interesting. Um, I think a lot of teams in the three leagues that will be playing are going to be better than what they would be if they were playing a full slate, conference and non-conference. Yeah, you're going to have more than the usual teams that don't lose games. See, here's the real interesting thing, and I don't know if the SEC is going to do this. I doubt it because they're set in their own ways. But the Big 12 has always been like this, and the ACC is doing it. No divisions, which is how it should be anyway. Two teams with the best conference record go to the championship game. So you could have, like, it won't happen, but whoever the projected second team in the Atlantic is, if Tech and North Carolina don't perform up to expectations, you could have a Clemson versus NC State ACC title game. You could also have a scenario where Clemson and Tech have to play each other twice in three weeks. Yeah. So there's a scenario. Uh, Carl, obviously no offense, but you guys aren't doing much. Um, We know. We we know. Um, which I mean, I think it's a. I think I personally think you guys are. You have a future. You just. It's gonna take a few years. Yeah, we'll get there. Um. But I mean, honestly, I'm looking forward to it. Though it should be interesting. I mean, it wouldn't. Sh- it wouldn't shock me, but I don't know. I mean, I personally, I don't know about the Big Twelve or the ACC, but the, I'm telling you, the SEC is playing football. Yep. Forced to say they can't play. Uh, they're gonna have to force the SEC to not play football. Right. Well, the thing is, they're playing, and there's like rules and regulations and stuff they put out. They have to abide by them. Well, of course they do. Comes to playing football, a lot of like the social visit. That clashes. All right. I'm going to go into the first topic. As I said, no research. Buddha, since you went at the last minute, you're going to go first. Let's go. We're going to talk about uh, second year quarterback Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos. Man, Drew Locke, young Jeezy, put on, you know, but I. Scenic plays. Dude is just like charismatic. He's the definition of a quarterback. Like it, him, you think of like a generic director like you see Drew Locke. And a really um, make he had a really good career in college. Really tremendous career. I think he's gonna be one of those players that he's gonna have that sophomore he just explodes and just goes crazy. And I, I kinda talked earlier in time earlier today I think he definitely could be the person this year's MVP right. Um, Broncos, I mean, they got, they got a lot to deal with in the AFC, but 
think we can do it. I think we can uh, get at least a decent amount of win. I think it's Drew Locke really put on. I think he can be one of those guys who we talked about, like one of the top, like Russell Wilson, Pat, I'm type of I thought he, right now, is like going to climb up to that. Okay. Hold on a second. Then, all right, guys, sorry about that little delay. We're having some technical difficulties here. But on the fact of Drew Locke, uh, Booty, I'm not going to have you kind of repeat what is already on the audio. But um, I guess uh, I guess I'll start. Um, like I said, I'm winging this. Uh, Drew Locke uh, out of Missouri. He was pretty good in college, but he wasn't, you know, anything special. I mean, then again, he played in – the SEC and how why Missouri is still in the Southeastern Conference makes zero oh, sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, geography. Um, whatever. Hey, he was all right in college. Um, a lot of people had him projected as a late first, but he didn't go until what midway through the second round. Yep. Um, and then he sat most of the year last year behind Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Basically, anytime Case Keenum has ever been really good was in Minnesota the year they uh, got their absolute ass kicked by the Eagles in the NFC title game. Um, The Minneapolis Miracle game, you know, all that funness. Um, Only time he was ever good. So, uh, Drew Locke came in later on in the year. I can't remember how many games he played, but he was was pretty much excellent. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of what happened in San Francisco with Jimmy G when they traded for him. He came in, played five games, went undefeated. I'm not sure if Drew did or not, but I think he had a loss or two in there. Four and one in five, I think. Incredible. So, yeah, um, he's pretty, he's pretty good on that. Uh, he's got all the potential in the world and the weapons that he's got around him now. They arguably have the best running back room in the entire league with Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman. Why can I never remember this dude's name? Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. I can never remember his name. Sorry, Philip Lindsay. No, nothing personal. Um, and then the receiver room, you had Cortland Sutton, and then they went and added the best receiver in the draft, Jerry Judy, and they went and added... Also, K.J. Hamler from Penn State. And they also have Noah Fant, uh, who they drafted last year. So, I mean, and the, and they have a pretty solid line. So they're pretty loaded offensively, defensively. Yeah, we know. Um, so the only thing that prevents them from winning the division is the fact that they play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, but I easily think Drew Locke is going to have a great year. Dark horse for MVP, in my opinion. The Broncos are easily making the playoffs in this new format. I put them at ten and six or eleven and five. Um, but yeah, Drew Luck. Yeah, I agree. Um, ten and six is probably a good spot for them. Um, they should make the playoffs definitely under the new format. Um, odd thing about Drew Lock is he actually stayed in college for four years. He actually played four years in college, which is very rare nowadays. As far as stats go, in five games, he threw for 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions last season. Of course, didn't have the greatest of weapons at that time. Uh, Definitely agree. 
that he could be in contention for a dark horse MVP candidate because, as you said, Ian, he has all the weapons in the world now. It's just, can he put it all together in a whole season? Um, it's not really much else I can add to what y'all have already said. So I will kick this to Delby. Yeah. Um, Biggie, he actually, like, his last season in college, he was pretty good. Um, he recorded 44 passing touchdowns, and the Tigers, the Missouri Tigers started off 1-5, to five, and they ended up uh, making a bowl game. Um, pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, he only played, like you said, five games. Um, QBR at 89.7, threw seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Um I don't think – I think they have a lot of potential. I think they can make playoffs. I don't see him as an MVP candidate or a dark horse this year. I think this will be a growing year for him since he's going to be the starting quarterback for the whole year unless yeah. injury. I think a lot play. has to happen for him to be an MVP candidate. Oh, yes. But I think, I think given a year or two, I think he'll be a very well-known quarterback in the league. But, yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy for Elway because – my man has not been able to draft quarterback since Peyton Manning retired. We all remember Paxton Lynch. Yikes. Um, oh, no. But, yeah, man, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember he was really good his last year in college. I mean, you don't get taken in the second round for not playing well. Um, yeah, I agree with you on most parts. I think he can be a dark horse if all things go well. But like I said, when Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are playing football, it's hard to get into that top three of an MVP candidate. Oh yeah, and then and and then of course you have Michael Thomas laying around, McCaffrey, Saquon. There's just a lot of names in front of him. My other thing about Drew Locke is, is like, yeah, he plays in the same division with Mahomes, but I mean, he's easily the second best quarterback in that division. I mean, Mahomes is not even that much up anyway. I don't know why people like him. What did you just say? I, I'm uh, so, oh, wait a minute. What did you yeah, just he's say? He's going to start dropping off in the next two years. Okay. Oh, no. He did not just say Mahomes isn't that good. Oh, my God. Hey, I mean, when you have, like, 25 purple ones around, stop, you can't Stop, stop, stop stirring the pot, dude. Stop it. It's all right. It's all right. We always talk about it. We're talking about my boy Drew Locke here. The absolute dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on from that. Yep, yep. I'm not even saying a word because I ain't trying to get mad. Um, yeah. I, think, I think there was enough of that last night. Um, yeah. But... I mean, and I said that he's the second best quarterback in the division. I think he's better than Derek Carr. I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Right? Stop, please. Stop. Stop. <laughs> We're not going to do this on this podcast. Stop. We're not. Stop it now. Everyone that listens to this knows you're playing around. Stop. I don't know. Um, all right. I would hope that everybody that, that listens to this knows that. No, they, I, I don't know. They're going to be coming from Buddha's head. I know, right? Can you imagine Chiefs fans? <laughs> trying to vote Buddha off. Like it's Good God. Yeah, it's trying just... to vote Buddha off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to replace this man. 
Well, I'm going to play some booty with anything. The Spurs, they're the ones spending $500 million on one single player, not me. I don't give a fucking crap. <laughs> what happens when Dallas signs Dak to one of the exact same deals and he's going to be over the moon about it? Well, Jerry Jones has said before, his hands don't get tired writing checks. Yes. I but, yeah. but, There's but, a difference but, between but that and play, overpaying players. Difference. Here's the difference, or there's not even a difference. Here's, here's the rebuttal to that. Dak Prescott is not worth anywhere near Patrick Mahomes' money. Yeah, whatever. He He's not. He's not. All right. All right. I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is really worth Patrick Mahomes' money. That's a that's a funny. All right. Oh right, uh, yeah, I'm not start. We're we're not sticking with this. I, that's for week eight, and I know I say that every week, but y'all get into it almost every week on the podcast about this. So we'll get into this at week eight. Uh, all right. Uh, we're gonna talk about Todd Gurley, and more specifically the Rams, but Todd Gurley mixed in there. Delby, uh, you can start us off and then kind of course into whatever you want to go into. Yeah. So, um. My topic was about the Rams losing Todd Gurley and if that was significant um, to them moving forward. Um, my answer is yes. Um, so the Rams running backs going into 2020 are Cam Akers. He's a rookie out of Florida State. Carl, I don't know if you... Yeah. <laughs> um, they have Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Um, those two, they've combined in their careers. For 236 rushes, 916 yards rushed, and six touchdowns. Um, so not a lot of not a lot of production, but also it's like I don't see them starting because you took a running back in the early parts of the second round. Yes, but he is a rookie too. He is to, compared to how they used Gurley when he had. But honestly, uh, though. 265 rushes, 5,404 yards, and 58 touchdowns. Honestly, um, though, not to you know put a comparison, but. It's like they drafted a Todd Gurley 2.0. Cam Akers reminds me a lot of Todd Gurley. Yes. But the thing about the Rams is they let him go for nothing. They just released him. It was, it reminded me of a Panthers-type move. It was a Panthers-type move. All because... <laughs> and what, what they released he, he, him No, here, hold on. Here's the thing, Delby, about that. Is I 100% agree with you. It, it, dude, I'm telling you, our front office is a bunch of TJ Maxx-level morons. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't know if they deserve that. Yes, they do deserve that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. The, the the thing that, the funny part about it is what they released him for is supposedly his bum knees and they don't, they didn't like the dip of production or whatever. He literally came out and said that he feels better than he has in his entire career right now. Yep. And, and, but, and Cam Akers also has injury problems. That too. And the other two quarterbacks are oh, kind of old. Who? Yeah, they're not real good. Look, I'm just going to say this, and Carl will probably agree with me or disagree, but is it just me? Or does the running back position at Florida State just have a massive injury cloud over it? That's what happens when you hand them the, hand them the ball 40 times a game. Hey, you got to get a pound of rock. Because you can't throw the ball. Oh, okay, oh, get, oh, get oh, oh wait, oh, wait. Derrick Henry will be, will be hurt. Something's going to happen. He's running the ball too much. His body's getting hit too much. No, dude. He doesn't have Carson Wentz's body. He's not going to get hurt. Oh, my God. God. Why do you got to bring this up, bro? Why do you got to bring this anything. up? It's a comparison. Oh, 
Yeah, in two different positions. And two different body types. Like, it wasn't even warranted. Very true. I'm like, bro, I mean, it, bro. if you're going to use a running back comparison, at least use an injury-prone like, running back like Dalvin Cook. Like, you at least use the same position. <laughs> well, to be fair, Derrick Henry is the size of a linebacker. He is. Here's my thing, though. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry had that great year last year, but it's still we said you can only give the ball so many times. Ryan Tan teams, and just like the Chiefs did in the second – Half of their title, uh, their conference championship game. Do you want to know an easy way to beat the Titans? And you don't have to, like, stop Derrick Henry. You just got to contain him a little. Let's make Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill beat you. And Ryan Tannehill won't. I mean, he can throw throw the the ball. They were throwing the ball in the playoffs. Ravens game? Exactly. I mean, they really weren't. I mean, Ryan Tannehill isn't a bad quarterback. They didn't. Th- what do you mean they weren't throwing the ball? I mean, the they were throwing it, but like Derrick Henry had like thirty plus carries in both of those games, if I remember correctly. Because rare breed said the more you hand him the ball, the more he wants the ball. Yeah. Like he gets stronger as the game goes on. Well, I don't know if he really gets stronger, but defense gets tired of hitting that that massive man thirty times a game. When it goes, yeah, like you're the, when you're the third and fourth quarter and you're playing somewhere like Denver, okay. and it's like negative thirty-five degrees, and Derrick Henry's running up the mouth every single play. You're yeah. gonna, you're gonna get real tired of that man hitting you. Yeah. Here's the thing that gets with me. Um, before we go off topic anymore, because we're nowhere near the Rams anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is a fantasy level thing. I've heard some people in some fantasy leagues taking Derrick Henry ahead of Zeke and just stop it. (laughs) Not a chance. Well, I can see why they do, being a fantasy guy, opportunities. There's the fact that we have one of the best wide receiving cores now, so I can get why. Why? (sighs) Dude, why are you bringing this up? Delby literally just had the biggest audible sign that I've ever heard in my life. Like, we're, uh, okay. Uh, let me just let me just tell everyone something, and then we won't say another word. Please. I, I've been hearing this this talk since March when quarantine started. So now it's so deeply rooted inside my mind, I just let it go right out the other ear. It's <laughs> deeply rooted inside your mind, so I'm just not going at your ear. I'm so used to it. I'm just so used to it. All right. Back? Okay, hold on. Back to the Rams. The Rams are looking to replace a guy that... Hot garbage. They can't replace. They're just not going to. No, it's going to take multiple guys. Cam Akers isn't going to come in and average. But I think they want to do that with their <laughs> running backs. I think they want to spread it out to be that guy. But even in – even last year when he wasn't supposedly at 100%, he still rushed for 857 yards. Um, because he was injured last year. Yeah, but he's got arthritis in his knees. Which is not good. That's never going to go away. No. But as I said earlier, he said he feels better now than he has in his entire career. Yeah, but asking the same question when it's week After week two. 
See, you know the thing about the Rams is, I'm, you know, talking about the run game. Contrary to popular belief, Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. He's alright. He's bad for what they're paying him to be. See, that's the difference. He's bad for what he's being paid, but he's really not that bad. Now, obviously, Sean McVay being there makes him look better than he is. I'm, you're not going to hear me argue that. But the Rams have one of the most underrated wide receiver duos in the league. And Buddha, I swear to God. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just sitting here. Don't. We all are going to say something. Um, we all know. <laughs> the Rams, you put, I mean, you got Cooper Cup, who's easily top 15 in the league. I don't care what anyone says. And and Robert Woods, who doesn't get well, enough credit. Cooper Cup's just old. Yeah. They got He's really a, good receivers. Like 27 or something. I think the receivers are pretty good. Um, they used to have one of the best kickers in the game, Greg Zerline, who's now in another team. Uh, Why? I just said he's on another team. I didn't say it. Um, and obviously they got that running back position to figure out, but you know what really helps the Rams? The fact that they, they have the best defensive player in the National Football League, and you could argue the best overall player in the Personally, NFL. I think he is the best player in the league, but that's either here nor there. Aaron Donald. He can't help an entire team. He can't help No, he can't, but he's a game changer. What gets me is teams will prepare for this dude all week and still won't be able to stop him. Double team, Double teams, triple teams, it doesn't matter. They double him and ship him with the back, and he's... Still gets pressure. Like, I mean, and obviously you can make arguments for, like, other players, but I actually agree with Carl. I'm taking Aaron Donald's best player in the league. The The, the problem with the Rams is moving their, – their window is closing really fast. Oh, here's the biggest problem with the Rams, and it's not really their fault. That, guys that have to be re-signed, well, yeah, and they have no room. It's because they re No, it's because – well, I mean, and Todd Gurley isn't they there anymore. They to win a Super Bowl. Is what they did. Yeah, and then they produced one of the they worst built. Super Bowls of all time. Yeah, that's bad. They got Belichick real yeah. bad. What gets me, and to be fair, and this is coming from me, this shouldn't have been in the game anyway, but we'll get that's another thing for another day. Um, with the Rams, you want to know what the biggest fault is, and they can't help it? They're in the same division. With the Cardinals who are on the rise, and the two best, two of the three best teams in the NFC, with Seattle and San Francisco, that division will be Seattle or San Francisco's. Oh, uh, I mean, yes. no matter how good the Rams are, I still think by default they're going to be the worst team in the division. Agreed. Like I agree. 100%. Cardinals were what seven to nine last year. Uh huh. And. You don't get worse when you add the second best receiver in the league, and, and you go they have all that experience, and then you go. And they're young. They're young. And then you go and draft arguably the best defensive player in the draft, and Isaiah Simmons. So I think the I think the Cardinals will be better. I think they'll be nine and seven. Personally, I still think they're a little young and. I think they'll be nine and seven, and I think week set. I think Seattle, San Francisco comes down to the final week of the year again. Um, Wait, the Cardinals are actually six and eight and one. They had a tie. Like, oh, that's game, right. They, yeah, they tied week. Yeah, they tied week one with Detroit. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, so, yeah. No, obviously, when it comes to the Rams, I mean, it's just they're in a tough division. They're they're horribly cap-stricken. And they have to re-sign Jalen Ramsey or let him walk. Yeah. He's a problem. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I don't... The bad thing is, though, if he walks, the Rams gave up two first-round picks to Jacksonville for pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, That's do what... I think the Rams will re-sign Jalen Ramsey? Yes. They're going to have to do a lot of work to get it done. But They're going to have to restructure golf. <coughs> oh, yeah. They're going to have to restructure golf deal, and they may have to restructure Aaron Donald's. They won't restructure Donald's, I don't think. No, they'll, they'll let... Donald won't let them. Yeah, Jared Goff is with... I think they might have already uh, shaved some money off of Goff's deal. Um, yeah, they restructured his contract three months ago already. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Um, They saved $7 million in cap space. Well, that's pretty good. Carl, Adam, I don't know off the top of my head, but who's the highest paid corner in the league? Highest paid corner in the league? Yeah. Right now, right? Yeah, I think so. Is it? Darius Slade. Is it first it was Byron Jones and then Darius Slade? Oh, yeah. Slay, I think it is. What's so, so yeah, it's Darius Slade. He's making... $16.7 million. Which is exactly what Jalen Ramsey is going to want. Oh, Jalen Ramsey's going to want more. I know that, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's, he's going to want more. He's so, going to want 20. Yeah. But more respect to him, he said he's not worried about it this year. Because he could just hold out this year. Yeah, he really more could. More respect to him. I personally think the situation in Jacksonville taught him a little, taught him a lot. Um. Which Okay, I'm gonna be complete I'm gonna show y'all something real fast. Okay. This is Derek Slay. That's Patrick Peterson. Uh yeah, that's <laughs> Patrick Peterson. Okay. Yeah. If y'all are wondering what we're looking at, it's a uh, article on uh, Carl's laptop that shows a picture of Patrick Peterson next to Darius Slay's stats and numbers. I love Google. Uh what is going on? I'm so confused. I look, okay, y'all won't see this in, in, because it's audio. Delby's head just keeps going in and out of frame like he's looking over a fence. <laughs> My phone's charging, so I can't like shut it up. That's fine. That's fine. Um. All right. Speaking of the, uh, the Cardinals you were talking about earlier. Yeah, uh, Arizona, as I mentioned. But there's one player. See, the NFL has a f- test three things. You have a ball on the field, you have a team of players, and you got Larry Fitzgerald playing football for the Cardinals. Let's go, Larry Fitz. One of the best receivers of all time. He's top three for me. He's not actually my second greatest receiver of all time. Yeah, he's also uh, not like... What? He's nowhere near like Michael Thomas, so it's hot garbage. Uh, it's got to be Michael Thomas, right, guys? Uh, yeah, totally. Michael Thomas, don't even get me started don't, on that crap. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I know he played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but you can't ignore stats. It's Jerry Rice for me. 
greatest receiver uh, of all time. Anybody that says anybody other than Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time is never allowed to watch football again, ever. Dude, now when it comes from a talented receiver, it's got to be Randy Moss. I do agree, one hundred percent. Rice, yes. Fitz Moss, or my top If three. Moss played with Young and Montana, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, Randy Moss is gonna be the greatest, maybe football player of all time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, he's going into his 17th season. That's insane. And, by the way, it's not like he's just skating around. He had 800 yards receiver last year for a guy that's 35, 36. He doesn't drop catches. No, he doesn't drop anything. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I, um, I'm going to go before I go into stats. I'm going to let y'all take the floor on what y'all think of Fitzgerald, and then I'll go into all these crazy numbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he's one of the best receivers of all time. I'd put him at three. I'd put Moss in front of him. But, that's fair. Um, that's fair. He has more tackles than drop passes, which I think is nuts. Um, he isn't as dominant as he was on the outside playing receiver, but um, Bruce Arians, when he was there, switched him to slot, um, which he's been playing. Um, Since then, I mean, he's, he's ranked fifth in overall best slots in the league. Which is See, and you know cool. one thing about this? I'll let, I'll let you finish. It just reminded me of it. He's going to get a lot more looks now that Hopkins is a, uh, over uh, over on the other side. That's what I was going to say. He, like, Hopkins is going to get all the... Because freaking Hopkins is going to get all the attention. Yeah. But, yeah, I think with that being said, Big E, they have Kirk, they have Hopkins, they have Fitzgerald, and that opens up a lot of opportunity for uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, to have a, and they a also have game. a very underrated running back in Kenyon Drake. Yes, but um, yeah, Fitz reminds me of LeBron in a way. How he just is still oh, playing no. as when he's older. But um, I respect that. One of the the craziest stats to me: he's entering season seventeen and he's missed six games in his career. Six. That's insane. Um, and to be completely honest with you, he averaged more yards per target last year than he has since 2015. Which is insane. He's like, he's not regressing at all. No, he's, and the, the, the thing that nobody mentions about Larry Fitzgerald is, yeah, he's great on the field. He's one of the best humanitarians off the field. He does so much in Arizona. In the league. Uh, if I remember correctly, 2016 Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yes. Yeah. Which is also and the year they went to the NFC Championship. Not to mention one catch away, one, or sorry, one drop away from winning a Super Bowl. So. Right. They're literally one inch perfect pass that Big Ben will never throw again in his life. Never, never, never. That is a one in a million. Oh, what a catch. What a catch. It's Antonio Holmes, right? Yeah. Damn. See, here's my thing though, and yes, Delby, I agree with you. The catch is crazy. The catch doesn't happen if the ball's not there. Oh, I agree. I agree. That's that's those are the ones you put on in training camp, and you're like, don't ever try to do this because yeah. But that, I feel like that was also one of those throws where it was more on Santonio San Hall. Mm-hmm. No, he had the toe drag. It was out of bounds. He wasn't the toe drag. No, he yeah, was. But, he, but like I said, the ball's got to be in an area for him to catch it. Which 
as I think Buddha just said, the, one of the most impressive things from that whole Super Bowl is Larry Fitzgerald chasing down James Harrison. Yep. When he's 15 yards behind the play. Gosh, dude. I, can't, I just can't believe the Harrison scored him. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to get into that 2008 <laughs> playoff run and the year Fitzgerald had in a minute because it is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Carl, Buddha, Fitzgerald. Uh, go ahead, Buddha. Oh, like I said, one snap away from the Super Bowl. I mean, his work on the field already shows for itself. His work off the field shows for itself. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no problem. And with D Hop coming in, dude, for a bag of nickels, um, literally I, a bag of nickels dude, might be worth more. Dude, it's literally gonna be insane as to how good Larry Fitz can be this year, dude. Considering that D Hop's gonna get a lot more looks, and he's gonna see you know, all over their corners. You know the thing is, though, I think if the Cardinals were not in the NFC West, they'd be a playoff team. I agree. But they are I, in the I, NFC West. 100% agree. Uh, yeah, I I definitely agree with the rest of y'all. He's definitely top three for receivers all time. Um, I'd put him at two right ahead of Moss, but it's real close. I struggle to say that. Uh, yeah, all the success in the world, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer. No, oh, hey, that it's, yes. it's first ballot. That ain't even a even a, like, a twinkle even debate. An argument. Yeah, it's a statement. Uh, let's see, almost fourteen hundred career receptions, seventeen thousand yards. And 120 touchdowns. Hey, here, here's the thing that gets me, though. 17,000 yards, right? Uh-huh. He's still over 5,000 yards behind Jerry Rice. Yeah. Jerry Rice has 22,000 receiving yards. That's, um, let's see. He's, and he, at this point in his career, he's still averaging, well, for his career, he's averaging 12 and a half yards a catch. Crazy. The number is steadily declining, though, as you expect it to. Well, yeah, obviously. But he's still going to be a top 50 receiver in the league. Yeah, easy. Easy. All right. Oh. I went... oh. All right, and he's gone over. Uh, you went over the career stats. He's gone over a thousand yards in nine of his sixteen seasons. Um, his hit now. Let's talk about the two thousand eight two thousand nine season, the year they went to the Super Bowl. This year, you could after I read you these stats, I want to hear what y'all think because I think this is one of the best receiving years of one player in NFL history. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. When I was doing research on this, I could not believe what I was looking at. In the regular season, he caught ninety six catches, which back then was a lot, mm-hmm. for over fourteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns at fifteen yards a clip too. Yeah. That was the regular season. In the 2009 postseason, the Cardinals played four games, wins over the Falcons in the wildcard round, a absolute 
dismantling of the Panthers in the division round. We do not talk about that game around here. A, a, no, no. It was another dismantling of the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC title game the week we after that. We also don't talk about that game around here. We don't talk about that game. <laughs> and then the, in the game, against, last one. the game against the Steelers in the Super Bowl, um, he had over 100 yards receiving in every game. He had a touchdown, had a, a minimum of one touchdown in every game. He put up three against the Eagles in the conference championship game. Uh, in that postseason, in four games, he caught 42 passes for 546 yards and seven touchdowns. Oh, dude. That uh, Super Bowl touchdown he had. Oh, yeah, that Super Bowl touchdown was crazy. He was looking up at the screen. That might have been, the like, one of the best things I've seen in the Super Bowl. It was awesome. Like, the dude... Oh. Cut five hundred, really cut five hundred plus yards and seven touchdowns in four games. That's there's players in the league that don't do that in sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. It was so here's the ridiculous part: if you add the regular season and the postseason, he caught a hundred and thirty-eight catches for almost two thousand yards receiving. And 20 touchdowns in 20 games. That's a touchdown for every game. It's one of the best receiving years in NFL history, and it doesn't get talked about. It doesn't. And the crazy thing about that is is that was 12 years ago, and he's still going. Yep. Yeah, that's nuts. He's an 11-time Pro Bowler, was first-team All-Pro in 2008. Uh, No shock there after what I just said. Um, he's second all-time in receiving yards behind Jerry Rice. He's sixth all-time in touchdown receptions. He's second all-time in career receptions, also behind Jerry Rice. And as Delby mentioned earlier, he has more tackles than drop passes. He has made 39 tackles over his 16 years while only dropping 29 in 16 years. Just think about all the games. It's nuts. And, well, oh, and, times 16 plus the playoffs. Oh, oh, and he's also five and four in the playoffs. He has a winning record in the playoffs. Um, also, shout out to um, in 2015 that play he had against Green Bay in the divisional round was crazy. Uh, yeah, the uh, across the field. I'm just gonna throw it to yeah. Larry Fitzgerald regardless. Play. Yeah, uh, that one. <laughs> and then he scored on the following play to send them to the NFC title game, and we all remember what happened then. They weren't giving it to anybody else. See, and they look great against Green Bay, and then they got to Charlotte the next week, and we all know what happened then. We also don't talk about that around here, Ian. Nope. Can't have the good and the bad. Nope. Um, so, crazy thing to me, I'm going to read off his quarterbacks. Oh, no. From his rookie year until last year. Not in any order, obviously. We got Josh McCown. Okay. The one exception, Kurt, Cor- Kurt Warner. Who, even before that, Kurt Warner's career was over. He yeah. was bagging groceries before all this. Done. Yep. Like, he was bagging groceries, Super Bowl, basically retired, and then back with the Cardinals. Because they literally had nobody else. <clears throat> um, so, Kurt, Matt Leinert. Oh. Derek Anderson. Uh, no dope is going to appreciate this name. Uh, Kevin Cobb. 
yes, Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb. I forgot about old Kevin Cobb. Drew Stanton. Oh. John Skelton. <laughs> Sam Bradford. Carson Palmer. Who had that one really good year. Yep. Josh Rosen. And now his current quarterback, Kyler Murray. Like some as of the insane as that list is, that's not as much quarterback turnover as there has been in a lot of other teams. Yeah, tell me about it. Like, I mean, yeah, the talent Cleveland. Is atrocious. <laughs> Most of those quarterbacks also played in Cleveland, funny enough. Yeah. No, the best thing ever is that Browns fan that has a jersey for every starting quarterback since like 2002, and it's like a mile best. long. I love it. Won't be shocked if another one gets added to it within a couple years, too. Uh, me either. Oh, FYI, kids. By the way, don't draft Baker Mayfield in fantasy. Ew, don't do it. Oh, my. Don't do it. Oh, my. Don't do it. Oh, my. Don't you would be the one to do it and make you, it work. You would be the one to do it and make it work. <laughs> Don't, don't draft him as your starter. You need I'm not. That's cool. I'm also, not. don't let anybody talk you into taking a quarterback with the same bye week as the one you just took. Jordan. Jordan, I'm looking at you if you listen to this. Oh. Hashtag daily fantasy tips. Oh, no. Sure. What? And the thing about the Cardinals, it, like Fitzgerald is crazy to me because he's still being productive. It's not like he's just wandering around out there. He still had 108-some-odd targets last year. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't produce every week. I mean, he's 35, what, 35, 36? 36, yeah. Turns 37 this year. Yeah, Fitzgerald's one of the best of all time. And the final topic of the day, and I want to we'll go into a little thing a little bit after this, probably with just Delvin Buda, because, you know, Carl's got a woo And, um... Brian Flores in the uh, Miami Dolphins. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Larry Fitzgerald is only two years younger than Brian Flores. Good. Wow. Yeah. And he's probably older than Sean McVay. (laughs) Oh, he is. That's nuts. Brian Flores turned 39 this year. Larry Fitzgerald turns 37 by the end of the year. That's crazy. All right, moving into Brian Flores. Personally, I think he is one of the... It's going to sound so weird. He's one of the best younger coaches in the league. One of the best newer head coaches in the league. I mean, he's been around one of the best systems for the longest time. Right, and I think and Belichick hasn't had a great tree of coaches that came after him. Look at Matt Patricia. Mm. But uh, I personally really like what Brian Flores did because y'all know as well as I do – the Dolphins were projected to win no games last year. They won five. They went five in the last. If it's Maddox and his thing. Right. And if the Dolphins are smart, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to continue to start for this team until he can't. But yeah, four-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Did pretty much everything an assistant can do with the Patriots. He's a special teams assistant. Offensive and special teams coach, defensive assistant, which is really odd. Like, he I, held, like, ten positions with this team. Yeah, he's, he was a safeties coach, a linebacker coach. Scouting assistant, a pro scouting scout. Assistant scout. Which means the man is very smart. 
Yeah, so it was a pretty good hire, and the fact that he's uh, obviously a POC, a person of color too, always yep. looks good when there's not and, a lot of that. Oh, I agree. Um, speaking on that note for just a second, Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest head coaches in NFL history. Oh, Dude, yeah. I love Mike, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is fantastic. The only oh. problem I've ever had with him is when he tried to trip the... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he uh, tried to play that all so cool, though. Also, like just going to point something play. out. Um, we all know what the rule is in the NFL with the minority coaches when you're hiring. The, it's called the Rooney Rule. Yep. Uh, the, the That is also now going to be the case in the National Basketball Association. Uh, except it's not going to be called the Rooney Rule. It's going to be called the Bill Russell Rule. I feel so strongly that there shouldn't have to be a rule place for the for these jobs. I agree, 100%. And why are they not just considered with the other candidates to begin with? I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. Like, you shouldn't have to force teams to interview people based on what color they were born. Yep. But that's the world we live in, I guess. It is. Here's my thing. You hire... Uh, by the way, uh, Giannis is suspended for a game for head coach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep, I saw that coming. That was crazy. I like that, though. I like that. Stop. Stop. We're not doing this. Stop. We're not doing this. I'll get mad about that. Don't do that. Ian, is that the same Hardy's cup you've had all day? Yep. No, 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 no. Sorry. It's sorry. No, it's not the one. It's the one. If you're talking about the one I had at work, that one's in the work trash can. Oh, okay. I, of course, got off work and went to Hardy's again. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I just learned this. Brian Flores is considered a Latino coach. Really? His parents are Honduran. Interesting. Okay. I did not know that. Something you you learn every day, apparently. Uh, Right? That's kind of insane. But yeah, how do y'all feel about Brian Flores in Miami? Um, personally... I think he's one of the best coaches in the AFC, and that's crazy for a team that was picking fifth overall last year. But you got to remember, this team started like 0-9, and, and then they won like six games down the stretch. Or four. Yeah, four. Sorry, five. four game, five games down the stretch. Started 0-7. And then yeah, what do they do? They go out in free agency and go get Van Noy from the Patriots, get Byron Jones from the Cowboys. They, I was really waiting for Booty to say something. That's why we all legitimately paused. See, here's the thing, though, and we're gonna. St- I want to touch on this for one second. I love that I have that presence. Buddha will actually agree with me on this. Byron Jones overrated. Yeah. Yeah, he's overrated. He's a great corner, but what are you as a cornerback if you can't turnovers? If you can't do turnovers, like, what's your point? But also look on the other side of the field that have Xavier Howard, who they are paying a ridiculous amount of money to. Yeah. Who, oh, speaking of, he has COVID-19, by the way. Nice. Well, not nice, but... That's that, a, like that. Uh, I don't know what him up. Um, yeah, and they went out at it a lot. Xavier, uh, they have... You put Xavier and healthy Xavier Howard with a healthy Byron Jones. That's a pretty formidable duo. Um, you of course added Van Noy. Uh, they draft- one of the 
weirdest hybrid linebackers. Yeah. Because he can rush the passer and cover. Uh, offensively, they have a really underrated receiver in Devontae Parker, who has not hit his potential yet. Yes, I and, understand and, and they brought in Matt Breida, who I feel like is going to help that team a lot. Yep. Um, and they have Jordan Howard, too. Yep. Yeah, I. the thing I, when I was looking at it, um, he has better odds to win Coach of the Year than Sean Payton does, which I think is nuts. That's insane. That's crazy, okay. but it also With makes sense. Sean Payton and them winning 13 games a year. See, have- that's why he won't win Coach of the Year is because he's won 13 games. He'll Coach of the Year, he'll have to go 15 he's and 1. He's victim of his own success. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He'll have to win 15, 16 games to get it. It's like LeBron not winning MVP. Can anybody tell me the last time Bill Belichick won Coach of the Year? Uh, probably been at least a decade. It's been a long time. It's probably been a decade. I sound like an idiot. But, it's okay. but yeah, I think the Dolphins have a better chance of winning or contending with their division than a lot of people give them credit. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think that division looks a lot very, very different this year since Brady left. But I think, I mean, I think they can contend with it um, with the Patriots and with the uh, Bills, but not the Jets. <laughs> not the Jets. The um, Jets are terrible. Here's the but thing, <laughs> and Carl hit on the nail right on the head. If they're smart, Tua does not see the field. Like, and I understand if Fitzpatrick gets hurt and you think he's... Tua doesn't need to play. If they start out really bad, Tua still doesn't need to play. So basically what you're telling me is Fitzpatrick's going to pull his usual beginning of the season craziness and then drop off like he always does. Literally going to be an MVP candidate so week four. And then just fall off a cliff. Yep, and I I just don't hope they get stupid and put Tua out there. Like, Like, look. Dolphins have the potential in a few years to be a really good team, but they're very young. Their coaching staff's young. I I do think they have the potential. I do think they'll be better than the Jets. Uh, they'll definitely be behind New England and Buffalo, though. I think when New England signed Cam, I put them as the favorites. But when they had eight players opt out, the Bills overtook them again. Yes. I think the Bills will win the division, too. Yeah. Speaking of the Bills, they uh they re-signed Sean McDermott to a six-year extension today. Good. Which seems really insane for a head coach nowadays, but he... I'm just going to tell you what really annoys me, though. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, who came from our system down up down in Charlotte. And we choose to keep Marty Herney. Are you kidding but, me? I mean, we can't all be winners, Ian. I know, it just annoys me. Because, you know, the one thing with you Buff- Super Bowl, you're gonna lose some of you're gonna lose some of your staff. Oh, oh, I know, and I fully expected that. But here's the thing. Super Bowl, I guess. Don't don't use your wrong words. Don't use wrong words. Sorry. Hey, not all of us in here can win Super Bowls. Wait, I'm sorry. When was the Super Bowl that was won? Oh, for the love of God, I didn't. See, see, he wasn't even paying attention, but I had to throw that in there. I knew it. Um, but uh, to touch on the Bills real quick before we get back to Miami, you want to know who runs and goes on to the, of how good the Buffalo Bills are? Josh Allen. Of 
Agreed. That defense can be as good as it wants, but you got to be able to put up points. Yes, indeed. Especially in the AFC when you're going against Lamar and Mahomes and the and yes, the Steelers. The Steelers are going to be a playoff team. And Roethlisberger's looking like he's been in the best shape. Yeah, that's scary yeah. for the rest of the league. If Big Ben yeah. can do, be like half of what he was a few years ago, it's, it should be fun between them and Baltimore. It should be fun. The Patrick Mahomes uh, hype is going to be over once. Uh, can you please stop? It's playing real stop, stop downing Patrick Mahomes like that, bro. Um... Oh, I, man, I could say something if I wanted to, but I ain't trying to start a fight. I'm going to please say it, please. In your wildest dreams, do you wish Dak Prescott could be half of what Patrick Mahomes is? I, mean, I don't want Dak Prescott to be Patrick Mahomes. I want Dak Prescott to be Dak Prescott. I knew he was going to say that, too. Yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, well, I don't want Patrick Mahomes. I want Dak Patrick Mahomes has an MVP and a Super Bowl, so... Yeah, Dak Prescott has an offensive rookie of the year. Who so. cares? He's shooting the one. Yeah, he's shooting the one. Come on, bro. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, yeah, back to the uh, the Dolphins. Their ceiling this year is eight and eight. That's um, great. I think they go six and ten. I just, I think New England. The one thing though, New England. Going in to the Palace down in Miami, they can't win in that place. No. They cannot they win can. there. So that should be interesting. The Patriots are a whole new team this year with Cam and with their eight opt-outs. And it's one of the, my the most exciting storylines going into the season is what New England is going to be. Yep. Uh, I mean, even with, like, the, the AFC East is... Let's be real. It's the weakest division in football. Yeah. We don't talk about the Jets because uh, they suck. Yeah, the Jets are not good. Sorry, Jets fans. I'm not sorry, Jets fans. <laughs> pick, pick a new team. Pick a new team. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, fair. But, yeah, I think the Dolphins have the potential in a few years to be uh, a really good team. I just personally... I really hope the Bills get it done. I just want to see somebody different win the AFC East. Because I don't even remember the last time Patriots didn't win the division. 2008? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was 2008 when Brady got hurt. And they still almost made the playoffs. Yeah, Matt Castle led them to within one game of the playoffs. The fact that they were 11-5 and five and didn't make the playoffs is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is ridiculous. All right, boys. I got to head out. All right, brother. All right, busy. Nice. Two more. All righty. I want to get on a few things because I do want to hit the hour mark. So, Delby and I did this thing a few weeks back. It's called Make or Break. If you agree with something, it's Make. If you break, you're disagreeing. It's pretty simple. So, Buddha. C.D. Lamb will have more yards than Michael Gallup. Make or break? Ooh. Uh, break. Break? I think Gallup's uh, starting to look the best he ever has. And okay. I think That's fair. He's kind of proved what he has the potential, what he has the potential to be. So. Okay. 
right. And I haven't seen CD play. Like, I mean, a part of me wants to say, oh, yeah, he's going to go off and he's going to just tear it up. But Yeah, that's fair. All right, Delby, I'm going to post kind of the same question. Make or break. You're the, the person that leads your team. The person that leads your team in yards received is Jalen Rager, your first-round pick. Make or break. I say break. I think it'll be Goddard or Ertz, um, depending on that's who fair. the most. That's but fair. That's, that's I fair. Think I personally think, think I personally think he will be uh, your rookie, just because. No offense, to Alshon Jeffrey, but he's kind of past his prime. He Man, he he can't stay healthy either. And Jackson uh, can't either. So. No. So I really think Rager has a really. It just depends. Well, Jackson's also got some other issues. He's yeah, we've yeah. yeah, and we got Greg Ward. We got Ward. We don't have uh, Godwin anymore. So. Yeah, because he opted out. He was the only player. The only okay. one. Okay. That's okay. Now this isn't an Eagles or Cowboys question, but this is two questions about your other two teams in your division the Giants man they're tough because they only have like two players um okay this is what I'm curious about Saquon Barkley will have more receiving yards than Christian McCaffrey make or break break dude y'all are gonna continue to make Christian like a slot receiver type player it's just the way he is he's a hybrid He's always yeah. gonna have. Oh yeah, he's always a hybrid. I mean, he's. he's I mean, to, I mean, he's gonna have his yards rushing, of course. From my, from my perspective, I think within the next two to three years, he's gonna lead the league as the um, running back that has the most uh, passing yards every year. Oh yeah, or receiving I, yards. You know what I mean? I agree with you, Buddha, but I think that just because I think the Giants aren't just gonna rely on Saquon a ton. I think they're gonna try to build with um, Daniel Jones and try to get. More balls to receivers. You honestly know the, the thing is the ja- uh, the excuse me the Giants receivers aren't terrible. No. I mean, they I mean, uh, they got Ingram, they got Shepard. I mean, it's nothing special, but it's not it's terrible. Not terrible. All right, the Washington Football Team. Let's go. Make or break. Chase Young will be top three in the league in sacks. Three. Um, I'll say make just because of who he's going to go up against um, two times a year with the Giants and the Eagles and then the Cowboys. Um, I'm I, here's the thing. Hold on, hold on, Buddha, hold on. I'm really excited to see the Redskins defensive line against the Cowboys offensive line. I'm really ready. I'm really ready think, to see it. I just think that like our division hasn't had like a uh, an outside rusher to that ex- like extent Ex- extent explosive. Attack. So I think he's gonna and see. Gonna, you want to know what gets me problem, though? But and obviously not everyone's Aaron Donald. That everyone gave Chase Young a, a bunch of crap in the. Uh, in the last couple games with Ohio State last year, that he didn't, he wasn't a disruptive force. I was like, it's really hard for a college kid that's getting double and a triple team every game. Yes, that isn't a part of the NFL like training system like Aaron Donald. Yeah, Donald's. if they're smart and you know anything about football, those people know that when a player like Chase Young is getting double teamed, that opens up like a player like a yep. linebacker to make plays. Yep. Um. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the real question, though. 
And I and I'm not gonna answer this because I I have my own opinions on it, which I'll give after this. Make or break. This really isn't a make or break. It's more of an opinion question. Who has more passing yards, Cam or Teddy Bridgewater? Cam. Cam. He's in a better system. I yeah, agree. I think better system. But obviously, if you look on paper, Teddy has the better weapons. Not even close. Um, but I don't really know what to expect out of our offense this year because it's a system I've never seen at the NFL level for the most part. So it should be interesting. But I agree. I think Cam's just the system and the way he moves the ball down the field. I think he yeah, will definitely, definitely. He's, he's hungry, dude. He's trying to prove everyone wrong. Don't even get me to do that. Yeah, dude. So, don't even get me started. Alright. Here's the thing. And I'm not going to debate this. This is an opinion-based question. Buddha, this is... There's actually... One's more for you, because Delby doesn't really pay attention a lot to the sport. Right now... Buddha, who is your pick for the Stanley Cup Final in the NHL? Oh, dude. I think the Bruins, man. Boston and who? Oh, dude, they're looking. They're playing good, freaking hockey, man. They're playing solid hockey. If I had to pick one right now, I just, I think it's Tampa and Vegas. Like Tampa yeah, last see, night. Tampa's always gonna be in the running for me just because they're just freaking like, good. Like, and I don't know how many of people that listen to this watched hockey, but you missed a absolute classic of a sports game, and that five overtime thriller between them and Columbus last night. That was Absolutely. one of the craziest things I've ever seen. All right. Now, we're all Yankee fans, so people be prepared. Until it is proven to me otherwise, my baseball World Series pick right now in August is the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yes. Um, here's the real question, though, and this is where we're going to have some disagreements. I already know. Maybe. We'll see. Who's your NBA Finals pick, Delby? Uh, and if, if you're in by, and by pick, I mean who do you have playing in the final? Okay, um, I think I think Toronto's gonna go back for the East. I really do. I don't think Giannis is gonna make it. I think they'll meet in the conference finals and lose. My pick for the West is really tough because of how everyone in the West is playing right now. Um, I'm still going to say Lakers, but my confidence in the Lakers has gone down the last week with how... Why is that? Because you're trying to realize that LeBron isn't as good as what people think he is? No, the Lakers as a whole just haven't been playing their best basketball uh-huh. move, and their lineups that they're having aren't that good. Gotcha. So, See, I, I'm no, going to pick Lakers, on. and I'm going to pick Lakers to win. Hold on, here's Whoever the... comes out of the West is going to win, in my opinion. So here, Here's the thing with the Lakers, though. And I mentioned this the other night. You know, Kuzma put up like 25 points the other night when he hit the game winner. Yeah. It's like, for the Lakers to win a championship, he's got to do that consistently. Because yes. in the playoffs, you can have LeBron put up 25-30 and AD put up 25-30. But if you don't have a guy behind them consistently putting up 15 to 20 points a game, it's not going to matter against a team like the Clippers. A, a great point guard. They, got, they lost Rondo, which hurt. So. That's going to kill them if they play the Blazers. That right there is going to kill them when they got to play Damian Lillard, who is playing the best basketball of his career right now. Yeah, I'm freaking 
Yeah, he's... yeah, I got Lakers Raptors. That's my okay right now. Mine, I I I don't know. Look, I love LeBron and I like the Lakers. I don't trust them. It's it's the Clippers and Raptors for me. I of course got the uh, Celtics in there. Um, obviously, that's a fair pick. I I I don't agree with you, but I can see a way that they get there. Um, and then besides that, I think that the Blazers are going to be rolling. I would love to see the Blazers in the finals. That'd be that'd be great. Um, all right. So, and yes, Buddha, you are allowed to say Dallas for this if you want. I'm fine with it. It's an opinion. I get it. Super Bowl prediction. Who's in the Super Bowl? Wait, two teams. Yep. I think you have Chief Cowboys, or you have Chief. I think, I think it'll be the 49ers Chiefs again. I really do. Okay. All right. If you're curious about mine, I, as much as I want to put them there, as much as I don't want to put them there, but I'm not going to because I don't trust the Saints. They can be good in the regular season all they want, but they've shown that they can't get it done in the playoffs, at least recently. It's, it's between – I could see – I'll be honest with you both. I could see a possible scenario in which either one of y'all two teams could get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, awesome. a scenario has to happen, obviously, but I can see either of y'all teams being there. Do I think they do? No. Um, it's between Seattle and San Francisco to me. Any one of those two. But if I had to pick one right now, I'd pick, I'd pick Seattle just because adding Jamal Adams and I will take... I would take Russell Wilson over Jimmy G any day of the week, no questions asked. Um, so I would say Seattle, and I finally think Lamar gets out of his playoff run. I think it's Baltimore and Seattle. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think mine um, is Seattle. Um, I can also – and then with – AFC, I, I see Ravens or Chiefs. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Ravens or the Chiefs. I mean, I'll go with Ravens and Seattle too, Biggie. That's what I, um, I think. My whole thing, play. though, is like, and I mentioned the NFC, like we mentioned Dallas, Philly, Seattle, San Francisco. The NFC is stacked. I mean, there's a multitude of teams that can make runs at a Super Bowl in the NFC. There's not really much in the AFC. I will say this, however. I think... I just... It's hard to pick against Seattle, but Seattle has had their own playoff struggles as well. So, San Francisco did show last year that they can get to the Super Bowl. That, And we, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They've got... Like yes, they have an excellent run game, but they've got to learn how to get to get Jimmy G more involved in playoff games. I mean, you can only run the ball so much until a team figures out what you're doing, which yep. is exactly what the Chiefs did. Um, but yeah, like Dobby said, uh, I got right now, and obviously that's going to change as we get more and more into the season and teams start winning and teams start losing. And all that stuff. I just, if you look at the Ravens' schedule, it is a cakewalk. 
outside of a few games. But in the I'm next couple, sure they're favored to win all their games. Yep, they are. In the next couple weeks, we're going to break down some of the games, and in two weeks, I think the first podcast before the week of the uh, Texans and Chiefs game, we'll break down all sixteen games, which is going to be a long podcast, but. It's what we're here for. That'll be the uh, first podcast of season two, as I'm calling it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today, guys. Episode 11. Um, Carl was here, obviously, for the most part, uh, but he had to be able to do something. Delby was here. Buddha was here. Biggie Me was here. I love the fact that we had all four of us for a second consecutive week. Yes, don't get used to that because our schedules don't line up every day. But that was going to be episode 11. That... That was Carl, that's Delby, that's Buddha, this is Big E. We will see you guys next time. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Boys the Podcast. And we will see y'all next week. Boys out.